This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two. Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 Defense. Logan Gordon along with you. From the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Thanks for listening, whether live or on the podcast. We got out of work a little bit early today ahead of the long weekend. It's going to be a busy one. Finishing up the draft this week. One off day, if you will, today. And the GMs get back at it tomorrow with the opening of NHL Free Agency. We talked a bit about some of the buyouts, the rumors, and the re-signings in hour one that we've seen over the last 24 hours. Heard from Dennis Bernstein, some of his thoughts on the Calgary Flames. He joined Rustic and Rose on the big show a little bit earlier on today. But very excited to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline to kick off the second hour of the program. Chatting about... The UFA class that uh, hits the market tomorrow. Bringing in our pal from Sportsnet.ca, Luke Fox, joins us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Luke, thanks for the time as always, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm just trying to get out of Nashville <laughs> in, in time to get back for free agency. I'm uh, still here. Still stuck in Nashville. Worst place yeah. to be stuck then, I guess. Still, but... lo- still losing to this town. <laughs> yep. how, was the, how was the week in Nashville for you? It was fantastic. It, it was a little long because I actually have been here since Saturday because I arrived early to cover the NHL awards. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just a, a, a newsy week, uh, a fun week. And I got to say, this, this city, they host the big NHL events properly. Um, the, the arena spills right out onto uh, Broadway where there's live music everywhere you go. The food's fantastic. People were, were really engaged. It, you, you saw hockey sweaters all over the place. Basically, the awards and the draft took over downtown um, everywhere you looked. And, you know, just, and also just, like, running into prospects with smiles on their faces in the lobby and stuff like that. Like, uh, a lot of the attention gets, gets pointed toward the trade rumors and the signings and all that. And, you know, as a hockey nerd, you love that. But uh, it's good to be reminded that, these are kids who, who have their, their dream come true over those two days. And uh, it's pretty cool. You know, they're out there with their families and their friends. And it's maybe like one of the best days of their lives. Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it didn't seem like hyperbole when all the GMs were going up there and talking about the impact that David Poyle had, not only as a GM, but in Nashville and making that place such a hockey city. It didn't feel like anyone was, was lying after a couple of days in Nashville. It seems like everything you said, Luke, was was pretty bang on with what people attributed to David Poyle and the Predators becoming in Nashville. No, absolutely. And, and you know, it's different, right? Like in, in Canada, we, we grew up and there's skates on our feet by the time we're four years old or there's something wrong. Here, a lot of them didn't really know a lot about the game, but with, and they, they, it stems from when they got the franchise. And, you know, slowly people are picking up the game, but they are rabid fans. 
and they're very it's a very positive fan base too uh, i mean they've only been to the the cup final the once um but they're they're not down on their team they just kind of celebrate the sport celebrate the team and a uh, really cool moment at the end of the draft uh on day two when uh david Poyle, usually the head scout just announces the pick from the table but uh they had david Poyle announce his very final pick as uh, National Predators GM before turning the keys over to Barry Trotz. And the whole building stood up and gave him this really loud, long ovation. And it sinks in, right, like how, mm-hmm. how much he's meant to the, to the local scene here. Uh, Luke, tell us about, you mentioned it, you know, so much about the draft, you're right, has become about the, the signings, the trades, all of that. It was interesting to see that, you know, you being in Nashville all week, you would have known as well as anybody we had more action ahead of the draft than we had during the two days of the draft. How surprised were you to see it be that quiet on the draft floor? Yeah, I was shocked. Um, first time since 2007 that a trade did not happen on the draft floor. So that, that just goes to show you how rare it is. And, uh, you know, I think part of that is be because of the flat cap. It only going up $1 million. There's just not enough liquidity in the, in the market. Uh, to make moves too easily. And I think another part is just um, when you talk to the GMs, they were really excited about the depth of this draft class. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. Like, I know the Leafs tried to trade uh, down. I know the Predators tried to – they had 13 picks. I know they tried to package some picks and trade up. Uh, So there were teams willing to do stuff, but the prices were too high because uh, the people who – the teams who did have those picks you know, like their list. They like their players. So no one traded down, no one traded up. Bit of a shocker that way. Uh, and, you know, it made for a pretty uh, pretty smooth draft, like in terms of timing-wise. Um, and not a, not a lot of surprises. The, the Mitchkoff falling to the Flyers uh, was interesting just because he was such a wild card. Some minor surprise, I think, that Fantilli didn't go second and that, that Leo Carlson did to the Ducks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, not a lot of, like, stunning – uh, news on uh, the draft night. And now uh, just a quick day off for, for GMs to get back to their respective cities and all of a sudden free agency hits us tomorrow. And uh, it's an interesting class here, Luke. It's it's not exactly filled with superstars, but there are some interesting names. If, if you had to characterize the group that's hitting free agency tomorrow, how would you sort of run it down for people listening? Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see any any big money guys like I, I was having this conversation with some other reporters last night and it was like is anyone even going to get seven million right like there's mm-hmm. this class doesn't doesn't have the the johnny goudreau right they don't have the, the one guy that's going to knock a home run here but there's a lot of useful players um you know i i think the guy who might get the most money is Dmitry orloff and that's not the, the sexiest name but he's a bona fide top four nhl defenseman um and you know he he's been underpaid for years and this is his one chance i know he's looking for something with a lot of term um so that could be one of the bigger contracts we see i'm sure there's interest plenty uh in his services um you know proven veteran and then you're looking at guys to in the forward group that are kind of more middle six than bonafide top line players like i think tyler bertuzzi in particular is going to get a lot of interest uh he showed very well with the boston bruins but they just don't have the, the cap space to, to re-sign him. And Don Sweeney said that, that he's likely gone. Um, and the, the multiple teams will be after Bertuzzi. Ryan O'Reilly's a fascinating one. Of course, he's kind of in the, in the later half of his prime, but he's a center. And centers are, are so scarce on the market right now. 
really interesting that Matt Duchesne got bought out uh, from this duty right here. And as a center who's not too far removed from a point-of-game season, only one year uh, from having 40 goals, uh, he's a really interesting addition to the UFA class. And I, I wonder how much he can get. That, that buyout came as a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, I was going to jump into that next. Uh, I know you had to do some editing on your list because Matt Duchesne jumps into your top 12 of UFAs uh, on this 2023 class. And, you know, look, it was an interesting list of buyouts today. Duchesne, Mike Riley, Blake Wheeler, Kyler Yamamoto. But I'm kind of with you, Luke, in the fact that I think Matt Duchesne adds to a class that's, you know, was pretty thin at the center ice position, like you mentioned, and also probably not a name I, I think a lot of people expected to hear on the buyout waiver from Nashville, just given... You know, Barry Trotz already moved on from Ryan Johansson, but clearly he wanted to make some big changes, and he's going to do it right away. Yeah, he's doing some massive changes. And it started really at, at the trade deadline, like with Matthias Ekholm, like a, a bunch of guys that are longtime friends. Like, he is not wasting time. And, and he said, like, I'm willing to make bold moves. Uh, but, you know, getting rid of Johansson and Duchesne, all of a sudden, like, who's going to play center ice for this team? Um, so it, it, it's really fascinating. That that one was a shocker, and I, I think I think that Duchesne should should garner some, some serious interest just because he plays a premier position. Like once you get beyond O'Reilly and Duchesne, you're looking at JT Comfer, I guess. You know, like a fine player, but you know he do, he's not gonna he, he's not threatening to, to have a, a 30 goal season. I don't think anytime soon. So um, you know, because centers are so so scarce, I think Duchesne should get the some interest. I, I wonder, like, I don't think he's spoken yet, but I wonder, like, just how stunned he is by this or if he saw it coming. Yeah, it's going to be one to, to find out uh, for sure. A couple of guys I wanted to ask you about on this list. You mentioned Orloff, a former Bruin acquired uh, from the Capitals last season. They have another guy right at the top of the free agent list in Tyler Bertuzzi who came over from Detroit. It feels like there's just not enough money in Boston to go around for all of these guys. And Bertuzzi's an interesting case to me, Luke, because I've heard people mention, well, if you're Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, why don't you take a one-year deal and wait till next year when the cap goes up? But I don't know that players nowadays are willing to take that risk. If, if there was term and money on the table for Tyler Bertuzzi this year, you know, risking an injury, we saw Taylor Hall go down that same path not all that long ago, and it didn't exactly work out for him. I'm curious where Tyler Bertuzzi sits in this for agent class in your mind. Yeah, that's interesting you bring up the one-year thing because when you say that, I think of John Klingberg, right? He yes, good one point. Year for, yep. for seven, seven mil for the Ducks, and now he's a free agent again, and he's off my list. Like, I, he, he just hasn't performed. Uh, it, you have to strike while the iron's hot. So I, I don't think that Bertuzzi will go that route. I think he would probably want some, a little more term and stability, especially when you look at his own injury history. Like, he's had some serious scares. He's missed a long time, uh, at least two stretches where he missed a bunch of time with the Red Wings. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a violent sport. He plays that kind of game, too, that, you know, puts him in the line of fire. And, and you know, GMs, coaches love that brand of hockey, but it comes with some risk. So uh, because of the style he plays, I, I'd be really shocked if he went short term. Uh, I think several teams are going to be interested in what he brings because I think his play lends to, like, a playoff style. Uh, type of hockey. Uh, the Maple Leafs are one of the teams, I think, that, that's poking around there, but we'll see where he lands. If the, a team is looking for goal scoring out in this free agent class, is there a name that should be ahead of Vladimir Tarasenko, or is that kind of the guy when it 
comes to the top of, of goal scoring in this free agent class? Yeah, he's probably the best pure sniper. And, you know, he has a cup. Sometimes when guys get the free agency, they prioritize winning a championship. I wonder if he, you know, he, he kind of looks at, at where, where can I get some, some decent dope? Uh, because he already has that cup ring. I know the New York Islanders have, have cleared some space, uh, getting rid of Josh Bailey. Uh, they're one team that I, I think fans should keep an eye on to see if they're in the hunt for some scoring. And, uh, you know, they have a, a good history with, with Russian players. So I wonder if Tarasenko maybe just moves uh, a, a short step over from the Rangers to, uh, to Long Island. I think that's a possibility. Uh, he, a healthy Tarasenko is still dangerous. Um, you know, someone floated out the idea of, of having him in Chicago because they have cap space and putting him on Connor Bedard's wing. And that would be a pretty terrifying duo. So uh, it, it'll be, he'll be an interesting one. The other thing is, if you're looking for scoring, um, you know, he's not UFA, he's RFA, uh, but Alex Brinkett via trade. You know, yeah. he wants out of Ottawa. So teams that are looking for scoring, uh, you know, Dallas, I, I think, has some interest there. Um, you know, I, I'm curious if the Ducks are going to do anything. You know, they have young players, but they don't have a lot of established scores. So I wonder if they're poking around there too. Um, so, yeah, you know, because there's not a lot of scores uh, on the UFA list, I think there's some guys that might be available via trade, i.e. Debrinket, uh, that could fill that need as well. Luke Fox, along with us from Sportsnet.ca, head of NHL free agency opening up tomorrow. And I'm curious where you see a couple of veterans in this class, two of them from Chicago and then one that gets added today. Do you think there's going to be a lot of interest in guys like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, or, or Blake Wheeler as we head into this free agency period, uh, Luke? Yeah, they all, they all come with asterisks, right? Yeah. Like, Jonathan Taves, you know, I think there was a time there where he was pretty serious, like, is his career in jeopardy? You know, he had that, a nice comeback at, towards the end of the season with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the, the fans were able to give him a proper send-off. But, you know, he, he, has, he has a pretty, pretty serious health condition, and so you just wonder about that. Um, again, he's a center. And, uh, you know, even though when he, he's, Jonathan, he's not the Jonathan Taves of his prime, as a third-line center, he, help, he would help a heck of a lot of teams, right? So I think that, that's more about him. Um, he'll, he'll probably depend on what team he's joining um, and how he's feeling health-wise. But, you know, as long as he rebounds, I, I still think he could help a team as, as a third-line center. Uh, Patrick Kane, you know, he's undergone the, the hip resurfacing surgery, uh, so he won't even be ready to play till I think it's a, they're targeting, like, late November, early December. Um, but he seems very motivated, and his production dropped off, but you just have to, to believe that had so much to do with his bad hip. Um, you know, he's still, I, I think he still has some good hockey left on him. I'm just curious if that deal goes down now or if teams just wait and see how his, his recovery goes, and maybe they sign him into the season. Um, so an interesting case there. And then what, who was the, the oh, a Blake Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just, he Still productive, right? Yep. Uh, he was point, point a game in the playoffs. Excellent player. Downside of his career, but still can produce. He's a big personality in the room. So uh, if you're going to bring him in, you have to realize that. You have to have a pretty good established culture if you're going to introduce a Blake Wheeler. It's just a, a big personality um, in, into your room. So uh, and if, if he can find the right fit, he still has some good hockey left in him for sure. 
A guy who comes in number nine on your list at sportsnet.ca, Luke, is Michael Bunting. I'm curious if uh, GM change from Dubas to Treliving has has changed anything when it comes to Bunting and the Leafs, or if it's just simply a case of a guy that's been on a bargain deal for a while now and has probably priced himself out of Toronto. Yeah, the second. And it's not personal. He loves Toronto. He loves being a Leaf, local guy. Um, and the Leafs loved him, right? Like, uh, he was one of Austin Matthews' best buddies on the team. Uh, proved that he could play with good players, which not everyone can do. But he was just such a bargain. And he's made so little money, relatively speaking, to other NHLers in his career as a late bloomer that this is his one chance to get paid. So you don't play, he's not going to re-sign for pennies on the dollar. And, you know, we talked about um, not being a ton of scorers out there. He's a guy who can put the puck in the net, get under other teams' skin, draw penalties. So I think he's going to command a, a decent rate and good on him, right? He, he kind of deserves a payday because he's been so underpaid the last two seasons. Uh, one position we haven't talked about much, I just don't know if there's a lot to get to. Uh, the one goaltender that makes an appearance on your list, Luke, is Aiden Hill. And uh, we sound like we're kind of just waiting in the wind for an extension to happen with the Vegas Golden Knights. This is probably the thinnest position uh, of any in the free agent class coming up that starts tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know, he wouldn't have even been on the list had he not had that incredible playoff run, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the Golden Knights picked him up for, I think it was a fourth rounder from San Jose. Uh, but big goalie stood on his head. Uh, and now he's earned himself a, a decent raise. It sounds like it's going to be two years. Um, four point something is, is, is the latest rumor. Uh, it sounds like it's just a matter of time that that gets done. Uh, Golden Knights, man, they are ruthless. So they, they, they dump uh, Riley Smith to, to the Penguins for basically nothing. Uh, you know, an original golden misfit just so they can re-sign Barbashev and it looks like Hill. Um, so they do whatever it takes and they're keeping as many of the pieces uh, back of that championship team as, as possible. Um, and it looks like that includes the goalie. Beyond him, I think the big name is Tristan Jari. And Kyle Dubas has been pretty coy at the draft here. He wasn't tipping his hand too much. He says he's remaining in talks with Jari, but it feels like Pittsburgh... Uh, could make a change in net and find a different partner to go with Casey DeSmith. Um, so there's not many goalies on free agency. There's Frederick Anderson, who's a little bit injury-prone and a little bit older. Uh, he's a name, anti-Ranta. But there's also goalies available via trade. Um, Connor Hellebuck probably tops that list. So um, we're going to see the goalie carousel start spinning soon because usually once the first G- GM makes a move at that position, the other ones scramble to make their move. Uh, two more for you, Luke, before we let you go. Really appreciate the time as always. Uh, as far as, you know, here in Calgary, not a ton of free agents uh, that are, are at the top of the list for anybody, but curious how you see, you know, what happens with a guy like Noah Hannafin or Elias Lindholm. I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion it feels like now once free agency hits, guys will go out and try to make their moves if they can and then maybe circle back to some of those guys. And I guess that applies even to, Guys that we've mentioned, like Debrinket or Hellebuck, if there's no options out in free agency, you think we'll see some more of the trade movement that we saw earlier this week in Nashville? Yeah, we could. Um, you know, Craig Conroy made the one big move in, in getting rid of Tyler Capoli and wanted out. Uh, Flames are obviously in reset mode, but there's not a deadline to have that the, the Hannafin and Lindholm deals get done this weekend, right? Like, they're still under contract for another year. 
He can he if he doesn't like the trade offers that he's getting on those guys, he can simply bring them back, and they should be motivated because they're heading into contract years. Uh, so they need to perform in order to earn their next contract, and they're both looking for serious raises. So uh, I, I think Conroy can probably take a breath, and if, unless someone comes with an offer that, that blows his socks off, he can he can slow play this. Those guys, even if they start as flames, uh, will be just as valuable at the trade deadline next year. And uh, before we let you go, uh, any name out there that we haven't mentioned that you think's worth mentioning uh, ahead of the free agent class opening up tomorrow? A sneaky good ad or someone out there that maybe doesn't have the same name value that you think might be interesting for some teams? Yeah, um, I think uh, I've heard a few teams mention Matthew Phillips uh, from over over there. It's yep. kind of a, a, a sneaky good ad. Maybe like the next bunting as in, you know, a guy that really shown well at the AHL level, hasn't had a ton of NHL experience, but could probably ha- be had for cheap. Um, I know a couple of GMs are kind of enticed by him, and a, a lot of GMs are looking for that, right? They're, they're not going to go shopping for five, $6 million players. They're looking for guys they can add it at one point something, two point something, just because of that tight cap. Luke, really appreciate the time, as always. Thank you for hopping on with us on this Friday, man. Great coverage out of Nashville. Get uh, out of the city safe and safe travels back home, eh? Okay. Have a great weekend. Take care. Thank you. Luke Fox joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar. Guest hotline from sportsnet.ca. His latest up on the uh, website, the top 12 free agents ahead of the 2023 free agent class opening on Saturday. Atop his list, Dimitri Orloff added to the list today. Matt Duchesne, who's being bought out by the Nashville Predators alongside Mike Riley in Boston. Blake Wheeler out of Winnipeg and Kyler Yamamoto out of Detroit. It's been a very busy week and it's only going to get busier. Uh, and reminding you that our free agency coverage here on Sportsnet 960 goes tomorrow morning with Matt Rose and Pat Steinberg live from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Calgary yet to make any news today on uh, any of their pending UFAs or RFAs. See if any of that changes before we get out of here on a Friday and uh, see if Craig Connery limited cap space right now, but two of the more interesting pieces around the NHL, like we mentioned in, in Lindholm and in uh, Noah Hannafin. Do we see that sort of quiet for the next couple of days as GMs try to fill holes with free agency and then maybe circle back to Calgary? It's going to be one of those things that we watch uh, until we get official news on it. Just Tyler Toffoli, uh, the big move made from Craig Conroy before the draft, trading him to the New Jersey Devils. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, we got some stampede giveaways to get to, so we'll get you uh, ready on the text line at that uh, for that at nine six zero nine six zero. We'll also check in with Cam and Taylor. Uh, this Calgary surge in action this week, disappointing result, but uh, Cam and Taylor are going to tell us about the atmosphere out Windsport and why you need to go check out a Calgary surge game. And uh, the Jays starting off a series with one of their AL East rivals tonight. We'll check in with Taylor on a Jays report. All of that. Still to come on a Friday ahead of the Canada Day long weekend. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We are rushing towards the weekend here on Sportsnet Today. Final segment of the final hour before the Canada Day long weekend. Logan, it's Taylor, Cam, Ben. We're all hanging out in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. 
Hope you had some fun plans ahead for the weekend. Looks like the weather's going to be great. Get out. Okotoks dogs are going to be uh, in Okotoks. They got a series going. I think they're sold out on Canada Day. But I know the seats are, but I'm pretty sure you can maybe get like a berm ticket. Maybe. That could be a fun option. Check out the fireworks. It should just be a great weekend. But uh, tomorrow morning, before you get everything going, make sure you're locked in here on Sportsnet 960. NHL free agency coverage. Signing season begins. Steinberg and Rose on your radio. Live from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Covering anything and everything Calgary Flames related. Don't know that the Flames will be very busy. Not a lot of cap space. Some bigger issues maybe to deal with right now. <laughs> Free agency class. It's just okay. Knocking all things considered. Right at the roof of that cap window. Yeah. There's not going to be Orlov to the Flames tomorrow or anything like that. But uh, look, we'll be ready for it. We'll get you set for a great weekend. Just been a busy week. Awards and draft, free agency. We've been nonstop on the news. It's been continuing today. Buyouts for Duchesne, Riley, Wheeler, and Yamamoto. Resignings for Yanmark in Edmonton, Jesper Faust in Carolina, Corey Perry in Chicago. Today's also the deadline for qualifying any RFAs that teams have. We've seen guys like Dennis Gurionov, Ethan Bear, Christian Fisher, among those with NHL experience who are not going to be qualified by their respective NHL clubs and will head to free agency tomorrow. Busy times right now. And uh, when we get back on your airwaves on Tuesday, we'll uh, be able to break it all down, see what's left of the free agent class after a couple of days of free agency after it starts on Saturday. Uh, We've been so locked in on hockey over the last uh, couple of days that, uh, look, it was a good week for a Stampeders bye week, but there were still lots going on uh, around the city, including, you mentioned Oak Oak's Dogs, they're in action. Uh, The Calgary Surge were in action. Uh, We sent Cam and Taylor down there to check it out. I don't know why. (laughs) Why us? I know why me. They're really scraping the ball of the something, barrel there. Something for your boss to hear. Hey. Uh, why'd you send me? I know it was great. It was a lot of fun. I was just gonna say, happy to go. Really sounding. Just a little self-deprecating now. Thankful there. Humor Cam. there, buddy. If happy you want to know, if you want to know why you won't be going back, I can tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did send you guys down there. Uh, Calgary Surge of the CEBL. Uh, they've been off to a great start this season. Cam went, so they lost, which brutal a surprise. But uh, talk to me about the atmosphere. This is one of the new sporting events in Calgary. I've always, I'm always so big on the fact that Calgary and area gives you so many different sporting experiences, whether it be Roughnecks, Flames, Hitmen, the Oak Oaks Dogs, going up to Spruce Meadows for cavalry games, or if you're uh, into the horse sh- uh, jumping scene. That's out there. We've got so many different ways. I mean, look, Stampede's coming up. That's a a whole thing in and of itself. And now the Calgary Surge look like they've got uh, a foothold on a pretty cool uh, situation going down. Taylor, how did you like your first Calgary Surge game the other day? You know what? Like, it doesn't get a lot of, like, media attention. 
So going in there, we we didn't really know what to expect. But that crowd was so hyped. They were going crazy. It was packed. And it just it was just like a really, really fun environment to be in. Cameron? No, ex- exactly. They they put on a, a really good production there. The the stands are filled at uh Windsport Event Center. Uh great game, had all the all the things you expect from like a, a major sporting event. You had, you know, pregame entertainment, they had confetti and um sparklers going off as the guys came onto the court. It was it was a lot of fun. Really good basketball too. What happened in the game? Well, <laughs> 20, 20 point deficit at halftime, but came back in the uh, second half, had a really good run getting up to target store, target score, excuse me, where CE Bell is a little bit different where after the fourth quarter, once four minutes is remaining on the clock and the play stops, you get a target score, which is the leading team score plus nine. And whoever gets that score first wins. So getting up to that target score, Surge made a really big comeback. A lot of good points on the inside, but uh, eventually fell to Scarborough. Damn Scarborough. Scarborough and their shooting stars. Their cool Drake sponsorships. <laughs> they're Drake they're sponsorship? sponsored by Drake? Yeah, they've got uh, the OVO branding on all their all their jerseys and all their equipment. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was... Can Drake come sponsor like, oh. me? No. That's... <laughs> That's very, it must be quick. nice. Uh, they're back in action, the Surge, uh, coming up. They're off uh, for a couple of road games. Edmonton into Montreal. Then the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Some of hey. these names are wild, but they're <laughs> so fun. I love some of these. I mean, Shooting Stars is a some good name. unbelievable logos Nothing in this, Nothing as too. good as the Surge. But... Uh, the Brampton Honey Badgers. Yep. Yeah. Niagara River Lions. Yep. Vancouver Bandits is okay. Edmonton Stingers. Yeah. Oh yeah, how junior high team was the Stingers? Really? Yeah, it's not very aggressive. It's, <laughs> the you know. Ottawa Blackjacks. Some good names. Saskatchewan Rattlers. Yeah, yeah. there's some. Uh, some chicken. Winnipeg sea, sea Bears might be my favorite. What is, it, what is a Sea Bear? Though? I don't know. Not a lot of seas around Winnipeg either. Last time I looked, very landlocked city. Yeah. But um, good for them. That's where uh, the Calgary Surge will be over the next few games: Edmonton, Montreal, Winnipeg. And then back at the Windsport Event Center for a couple of home games Thursday, July 20th, Saturday, July 22nd, and uh, the 26th of July is a Wednesday. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton all in Calgary. Like we said, Windsport Event Center where you can go and check these uh, games out. CalgarySurge.ca. Um, and I'm just going to check out some ticket prices because it seems like a very It is very affordable. affordable. And you're getting good basketball like you 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 know you see the ticket price and it's like oh well, this is this is gonna be some minor league stuff but it's really good basketball they like have i some, was impressed they have some former nba players or g-leaguers G yep. really? um, yeah. one of their players was in the nba preseason for i cannot remember you got this name. i cannot i cannot remember <laughs> for the life of me courtside seats yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can get like drinks delivered to you. Course oh, side. from was twenty bucks up to a hundred bucks. Yeah, it looks like a good little set. Win sports. Yeah, like win sports. Win sport. Win sports. One of those um, awesome facilities that we can take advantage of here in Calgary. Brand new facility too. Just gorgeous. So um, go check out the search. You guys uh, talked to a couple. You guys even got to go 
do some real media work. We which did is some big kid reporting. The, f- I can't the full experience. Uh, did you have? Well, Taylor sh- did. Do you have a chaperone? Someone let you in, or uh, did you have to show your ID at the front? <laughs> we uh, we almost got blocked going into the media presser area because security was like, "Hey, now, who are you? Can't be back here. I don't recognize you. You need a what was it? A chaperone or a sh- escort? You need an escort to get back in. Like, um, we're we're with media. We're with Cam was so hype to just tell everybody. He's like, "Yeah, I'm media. Yeah, we're parking, driving up to park the car. Yeah, parking. Like, Where's the media parking? Actually, you, I don't know parking? if you saw our badge. Uh, we're actually media today. I don't was, think we was there media that. parking. Yeah, wow. I mean, it was just in with the rest of everybody else. But sounds about right. Yeah. Cam has those moments where it all gets to me a little quick. Craig you know, Conroy's goes to my head, calling him and not the station. Well, Cam is in the other room, doesn't even answer the phone. It sounds more fun when I say it like that. So I'm we'll sure go it does. Uh, who did you talk to while you were at uh, the surge game post game? Talked to uh, head coach and the player of the game, Simu Shitu. Who's the head coach, Cam? Uh, Nelson Troba. Nelson Taroba. Yeah. They fell. That's a disappointment. But uh, let's hear from the head coach, uh, Nelson Taroba, post game. Following his team's uh, disappointing effort against the uh, Scarborough Shooting Stars, here's uh, search head coach Nelson Taroba. Fair to say that was a bit of an emotional one? Uh, I don't know. The game's emotional. I mean, every game's emotional. Um, you know, there's good emotions. There's tough emotions. Uh, every game, this game involves emotion because it, it, it enlists passion from everybody who takes part. Uh, so our players, uh, you know, every night we play, there's emotion. So... Uh, I think uh, you give Scarborough credit. Great job. Um, they really uh, hurt us in the paint. They did a great job. Um, hurt us on the boards. Uh, really were aggressive, crashing the glass. Um, they just did a great job. So uh, let's give them credit. Where were the? Uh, what were some of the areas that you wish you could have controlled more? Just like taking out what they were doing. Uh, I think number one. Um, I think we needed to get back on defense. We did a better job in the second half. First half, they really got going. You know, our guys kind of didn't get back on defense. We kind of um, were, you know, kind of reactive instead of proactive, you know, and especially transition defense. So they got a lot of easy buckets in the first half. I think that set them up for success in the second half. I think we did a better job in the second half of getting back, shrinking the floor, getting the foot in the paint, kind of m- making them kind of have to deal, you know, score through bodies. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, we, at the end of the day, they still kind of hurt us inside. They hit, hurt us on the glass. A lot better job in the second half, but I think we'd kind of dug too big a hole for us to come back from. What does it say about Simi that he was still able to come through with some of those plays that felt like they were going to just turn momentum, like those big moment plays? Yeah, it was great. Simi, Simi's been great for us. You know, um, I think that uh, he played well tonight, um, and I think that, um, you know, it, it just every every game's kind of a you know kind of a baton, you know, throw you know to turn the baton to somebody else and hand it off to somebody else. And I think tonight Simi took care of some things for us, um, and um, I think that that's uh, you know that's kind of the way the style of our team. You know, somebody different every night kind of does what they're supposed to do. Um, I think we just um, you know we just were a couple couple stops early away from some things and a couple shots. And mainly, probably a couple defensive rebounds away from really turning the game back around. In hockey, we talk about sometimes coming back from a road trip and, you know, you're back in your own bed. Yeah. When we come back home, what do we do? We put on our unproductive sweatpants. Do you think there's maybe like an element of just that haze of coming back home after a trip? 
Well, I'll be putting on my unproductive sweatpants for the next three days. We have days off. So uh, that sounds great. Um, but to answer your question, um, I don't know. You know, I think I thought we had a good walkthrough. I thought our guys are focused and they're ready. I just think, honestly, it's just a style of play situation. You know, the style of play we just dealt with is so different than what we've been dealing with. Uh, and that's what's unique about this league. Uh, it's, just, it's just a different style of play every night, so you have to adjust. And this style of play was fast, attacking the rim, attacking the glass, relentless on the glass. You know, it's, it's totally different than what we dealt with in some of the other games we just played. So it's a new opponent, so every time we play somebody new and we don't know what to expect, I think our guys and me and everybody on staff learns what it is that the formula is for that. Sometimes you have enough time to come back and learn, you know, in time to kind of turn the game around. Uh, sometimes, like tonight, um, we just couldn't get enough pop to get us back. We got close and we battled, uh, but we just couldn't. We couldn't uh, kind of get back through it. Get back to it. Coach, you've had a busy month of change to start. You got a little bit of a break now, but what have you taken away from the first month and change for this basketball team? Uh, I think, number one, we have a good group of guys. Number two, um, they want to do right. They want to do right by the game. They want to do right by each other. Uh, number three, um, we just have to keep mastering the different styles of play. You know, we have a young team, but, but uh, you know, they're learning a lot. And um, I think as soon as, you know, the fact that we get to play opponents more than once is good. Um, and every time we play a new opponent, you know, we get a lot of lessons learned. So I think uh, what I've taken from our team is that, you know, once we have a chance to learn from what we, what we did and reflect on it, we always improve. Uh, and that's what our focus is. It's tight, right? I mean, it's uh, you look at the standings, there's not much separating top from bottom. Yeah. I mean, that says a lot about the league as well. Oh, the league is tough. I just told them, you know, the league is, you know, I've come from the G League. This is way tougher than the G League. It's not even close. Uh, the reason it's tougher than the G League is uh, the, the competitiveness is off the charts every night. You know, there's a lot of pride by all the players involved. Canadians playing in their home league, playing at a high level. Americans or foreigners coming into a league where, you know, the Canadians are raising the bar and they know, like, and they're, they're featured and they feel like they have to bring it too. Their competition in this league is way different, more physical, um, and there's more different styles of play in this league. Sometimes in the G League or the NBA, it's like kind of cookie cutter. Everyone does the same thing similarly, right? Uh, in this league, there's just wildly different styles of play. So from a strategy standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, from a player standpoint, you got to be way more adaptable than, than even in the G League. You got to challenge that. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. you're looking at, right? Yeah, yeah, great you talent. You like that as a coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's what, you know, it's what we, uh, we play the game for. You know, we, we want to be able to do... You know, we have to be able to meet the challenges that, that are to us, and, and we have all those challenges still in front of us. You know, we have uh, seven games left. We're right in, in the thick for a playoff uh, race, in the playoff race. Uh, we have an opportunity here to kind of recapture form with some more practices this month. Um, we have a chance to recharge a little bit. You know, 13 games in six weeks is a lot. So I think that, that everything that we want, everything that our guys want is still in front of us. Uh, and so the good news is, we've, I told them, we have 13 laboratories that we just got to learn from. It's a big science fair that we're doing. We're learning every, every time we play, we're learning something new. But we only have to be ready for the very end, and that's what our focus is. So we've learned from these 13 games. We'll have a chance to get better in the next week and two weeks, and we have a chance to finish strong in these last seven games. All we got to do is be good enough to win three games to win a championship. So let's, let's, let's focus in on what we can do to get better, get in, the, get in that playoff race, and then, uh, and then see what we can do to kind of make some noise once we get there. 
Nelson Trova, head coach of the Calgary Surge. We'll hear from one more member of the Surge before we get out of here on a Friday. A piece uh, of audio from the Surge to get you to. Simu Shitu, he was a uh, top player for the Calgary Surge heading into uh, their game against Scarborough. It wasn't the greatest result, uh, but he spoke to the media, including Cam and Taylor, uh, post-game at Winsport. All right, pretty close to mounting a couple of comebacks there, but where do you think this one just kind of came off the tracks? Uh, you know, we had a couple of mental lapses uh, in the second half. Uh, we got, as Coach said, we let a couple of guys get going early, and that guy, I think, gave him confidence uh, towards the end of the game. So I uh, just got to tighten up a few things, but just got to stay together as a team, really. I think we all know you as a guy who wants to kind of do everything for this team as a yeah. player and as a leader. But what's your message to the guys after that one, knowing that you're going back out on the road? Yeah, we are just talking about staying together, um, and then obviously each day you got to get better. Um, you know, we got a couple of days off and, uh, you know, we had, I think, the most games out of all the teams right now, 13 games. So, uh, you know, coach just said, you know, kind of get a rest, but also, you know, I was going to get better, skill work, and uh, just, you know, keep trusting the, the plan, the game plan, the process. So. Are you feeling all those games right now? Pardon? Are you feeling all those games right now? Um, you know, a little sore, but, you know, it's a part of the game. Uh, we got to be durable. And I was trying to just, you know, stay as much as available for my team. Um, I know a lot of other guys are tired too, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we got to push through and come together because we want to, you know, obviously win a championship, so. You guys got to uh, have had a busy month and change to start this whole adventure. Yeah. What, uh, what have you liked about your team? What have you, what positives can you take from, from what you've done so far? I just like how we can, uh, you know, we have a next play mentality. Uh, you know, obviously we've taken a couple of losses, but I feel like every time, every game, we always bounce back. And we always like get better after each game. We always, coach always, you know, we talk about the end. Like even today, we found we did some things that we didn't do last game, even though we won. So I feel like just continuous improvement, even though we're a young team. Um, and just, yeah, just again, staying together and, uh, you know, just making sure, you know, we're together as a unit on and off the court. So. You guys have noticed how tight it is in this, uh, in this league. I mean, there's not a lot separating top from bottom. Yeah, it's a good league, um, you know. Guys play really hard. Uh, it's more physical for sure, uh, competitive for sure, and just like obviously we're a young team, but you know I feel like we've done a good job of continuing to show that we belong to. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's a great level of basketball, and uh, you know we're all getting better from it. So just kind of just continue to take it forward. So. Um, just continue getting better in every area um, and just being a leader for my teammates uh, vocally and leading by example um, even though I'm youngest on the team it's like you know I gotta you know I feel like the most experienced so I gotta continue to encourage guys and you know make guys better around me and just continue to put guys in my position so Teams that play very similar systems and in the CBL. Mm -hmm. It's just vastly different from team to team. Is that something you noticed as well? Yeah, uh, for sure. He said in the locker room how every game's different. Uh, you know, some guys are going to have it one day, some guys aren't. Um, both teams. Um, and again, it's competitive, so you got to bring it every day. So you can't, you know, you can't come up flat sometimes and expect to, you know, win certain games. So. Like you said, you had lots of experience in this league. Um, coming in from the G League and also having some NBA preseason experience, what does that do for kind of the rest of the guys in the locker room? Um, you know, it's not just me. A couple other guys have it too. But uh, you know, I, obviously, it probably gives guys confidence, and uh, you know, guys 
you know, look to me for certain tips and stuff like that. Just about like just the process of professional basketball because it's a different type of basketball for sure. Um, and then just again, just you know, trying to use my experience, make guys better around me. Uh, whether it's assisting, setting the right screen, defensively, whatever it is. So, you guys had a uh, big bounce back win against Vancouver last game. Coming today, almost do the same. Um, what does that say just about the resiliency of the guys in that locker room? Um, it just, I feel like it just shows that we, we stay together. Uh, win or lose, doesn't really matter what it is. You know, we stay together as a team, and you know, on to the next day, practice, and continue on to get better, and uh, you know, uh, stay with each other. Um, but also, just you know. We know it's a competitive league, and you know we know that we got to continue to get better individually and as a team too. So it just continues to remind us that we need to get better. So, Simi Shitu from the Calgary Surge, speaking to the media after their game at Windsport, like I mentioned, uh, off on the road for the next three games for the Surge before they're back for a couple home dates in July. We'll bring you more Surge coverage here as the season rolls on on Sportsnet 960. We're signing out for the weekend. Uh, happy Friday. Enjoy your Canada Day long weekend. Jays and Red Sox on your radios this evening. And then tomorrow morning, signing season, our free agency coverage with Steinberg and Rose live from the Scotiabank Saddledome. NHL free agency opens. What's going to happen with the Calgary Flames? No idea. But if uh, anything does break, Steinberg and Rose will be live from the Saddledome to bring you everything that you need to know. Thank you to Cam and Taylor for their outstanding work today and all week long. It's been a busy one with the draft mixed in. When we talk to you next on Tuesday, we'll have a free agency recap from the weekend, see if any of those top names find new homes. But uh, until then, enjoy the long weekend. Get outside. Enjoy this great weather. We'll be back on Tuesday next week for another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.